You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello, welcome to the Comic Book Informer Podcast. This is Roger coming to you on the 4th of November. We're going to have a very fun show here. We're going to actually talk about something that I know you love and i actually read it without you telling me to before we get into that holy crap and hell did we ever get a dump of movie information from marvel last week i i i've wanted to talk about this but i was afraid it was going to take up an entire episode on its own <laughs> what's that the movies yeah no kidding so marvel announced a total of nine new movies i believe is what it was I'm looking uh, i think over. so yeah yeah, so we're looking at the first one announced, which a lot of people had interesting things to say about is Doctor Strange <laughs> and the casting of Cumberbatch as Strange, which I'm all right with. I'm In fact, I'm quite excited to see what he does with it. For the record, that still hasn't been confirmed by Marvel, but the source is rock solid. But yeah, like that's pretty spot on if you ask me you need some guy that could play an arrogant jerk and sound you know say these ludicrous things with complete gravitas i think that's about the best person you could cast for the role definitely then we got black panther and captain marvel and of course everybody lost their crap with the captain marvel announcement justifiably and i'm really curious to see what they'll do with black panther as well too because with the right casting Man, that could be a hell of a story going in. Well, they picked a really hot up-and-coming actor for the role. Oh, did they already? Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. So, yeah. I mean, I, be... I saw him in 42 where he played Jackie Robinson. Yeah. And he was great in that. I haven't seen the James Brown movie that he's in. So that's going to be pretty awesome. And then, of course, Captain Marvel. Did they cast uh, Danvers? No. Not yet. No. I'm thinking they're going to hold that close to the chest. The rumor going around for the last couple of years on that role is, uh, what's her name, from Battlestar? That, that doesn't narrow it down. Uh, from Battlestar Galactica. The, the, Jesus, I'm completely blanking. <laughs> I love it when it's somebody else who does that. Not me. <laughs> wow, my brain just completely just... I can't even remember her character's name. It's just gone. <laughs> All right, moving on. We also got the next Guardians was announced. Um, Thor, the next Thor, and the next Captain America were all announced as well. Anything to weigh in on those? I mean, just really interested to see what they do. Katie Sackhoff, geez, that's who. <laughs> Couldn't let it go. <laughs> I, was, I was off in my own little world for a minute there. <laughs> and they brought Robert Downey Jr. back yet again for Iron Man. In a few of these, even if it's just a little guest appearance, he's got to be raking in so much money for these appearances. The, the deal he reportedly signed for showing up in the Civil War movie with Captain America is insane. I heard he got... 40 million up front, a percentage of the box office. And then if that money earns or if that movie earns more money than Winter Soldier did, he gets another bonus on top of that. That's crazy. I I think they said that for all these movies combined, they're operating on a budget of seven billion (laughs) dollars because they know they're going to earn it all back. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, right now it's printing money. Like You're looking just, at at least a billion and a half for each of the Avengers movies. <laughs> and then the Avengers sticking with them, we're looking at 
um, Infinity War was announced, and then there's the hint of, well, did they actually um, confirm Civil War, or they're just hinting at it? Civil War is the subtitle of the third Captain America movie. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I miss. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. So for some reason, I thought I'd read that it was the next Avengers after Infinity War, but apparently not. Okay, cool. There's actually a, a video that leaked out from the press event uh, of another scene from Age of Ultron with uh, Captain America and Tony Stark are like out chopping wood. I guess they're on the run after, you know, whatever went down in the city. They're laying low and they're both chopping wood and they're they're actually getting into a really heated argument about you know the roles of superhumans in modern society like basically as a lead-up to the civil war it's actually a really cool scene that stark says something stupid as he always does and steve just rips one of the logs in half it's hilarious (laughs) but you can see that as always what we've seen with these marvel movies is there's a plan and you can see the threads running through all of them leading to you know, whatever their inevitable destination is. Okay, let me ask you what you think. What do you think about this leading to Civil War, though? At this point, I, they they haven't screwed anything up yet, so until they do, they have to have my faith. Mm. I'm not crazy about it. I'm not going to lie. Civil I mean, War, I just I, I, wasn't as, crazy about the event. This, so, And there were so many things that were <laughs> retconned either immediately or eventually, just because you got the impression even they knew how terrible it was at points. I was actually really enjoying it up until the last issue. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, there were too many things here and there that I was just not digging at all. But a- as a concept, as as a story point, it's something we have... Yeah, yeah, we've seen heroes fighting each other for decades in the comics. Haven't really seen much of it in the movies at this point. So, again, they ha- they have enough faith built up that I'm on board with it until they prove otherwise. Yeah. Did you like the leak trailer of the Ultron, the Avengers Ultron thing? I love how hammer. Marvel played that off too. <laughs> <laughs> any, any other company would have just kept trying to take that video down for a week. Instead, no, they tweet out, damn it, Hydra, <laughs> and just release it anyway. I thought, I thought it was a great trailer. It, it, just, it didn't take itself very seriously, which is what you know that's the right play at this point here, and uh, and it was it was fantastic. And that freaking Hulk Buster outfit, holy crap! That's all they needed. Yeah, the trailer could have been fifteen seconds of that armor, <laughs> and everybody would have been okay. Awesome. And uh, okay, let's move from Marvel side to the DC side. Have you been watching any of the TV shows now? Or are you, you know, still I've, giving up on them? I've I've given up on Gotham, obviously. Well, yeah. Obviously, yeah. I, I still haven't gotten into Arrow. I've watched a couple more episodes of Flash. It's still entertaining. Right. Like it's not something I'm watching regularly. It's just like eh, I got 45 minutes to kill me. Pull up an episode of Flash on demand. I wanted to watch the premiere of Constantine because I've heard it's awful, but I haven't gotten around to it. Ah, okay. Well, we are still watching. And, yeah, the, and for, I, I wanted to watch it for this week, and then I completely forgot yesterday. <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> it wasn't in the show notes. It's not yeah, mandatory. I, yeah, I did. All right, whatever. We're still watching Arrow and Flash. We gave up on Gotham as well. Um, Arrow's had some fun moments in it still. Um, 
yeah, although it's still not the best season so far, but it's not too too shabby. And Chick from uh, the 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 League of Assassins was back for a little while, which was awesome. Um, we're still enjoying the Flash quite a bit, actually. Although I will say that, I mean, it's saying a lot when comparing it to Arrow, but holy cheesy villains. <laughs> Like you're like, oh my god! And the the way that it's directed and written at points, you're like, hmm. Like this week's episode was with, or I should say, last week's with Captain Cold has been introduced, and it's the the dude who got all tattooed up for that prison. Yeah, it's uh, break Wentworth from, Miller. Yeah. So I mean, he does a decent job playing a villain kind of thing, but it's just. He's holding a gun that he's he's freaking Mr. Freeze is all he is. There's okay. no way you're going to not make Captain Cold goofy, so you just kind of have to go. <laughs> but it's just that, you know, they have guns pointed at him, and he's not even drawing. And it's like just they, they, it's so easy to see what could be done, and especially when he, Flash goes up against him. It's like Flash in the comics races Superman running across the world. <laughs> really for him to get from where he's leaning on the ground to take the gun away from you is like a fraction of a second in comic books wise. And even when they're playing it up in here. So it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So it's, it's just like, again, it's goofy freaking villains. Whereas with arrow, they're goofy freaking villains to a certain degree as well, but it's a little bit more believable. And because Arrow isn't some metahuman, just a dude who's really good with an arrow. It's even more believable that it would be hard for him to take some of them down. Whereas with Flash, because it's the Flash, they really need to up their game in terms of the writing and directing mm-hmm. to make it more believable because there's far too many moments where you're kind of groaning a little bit. So, and then I did watch Constantine, which is what brought this discussion up. I, I watched the first episode and I mean, I've really hadn't been reading Constantine at all. I'd seen him in a few things and read him here and there. And it's not that I dislike the character. It's just, I really never got into it all that much. So I watched the first episode and it, if you really kind of disassociate all expectations it wasn't terrible. It wasn't like Gotham, which, I mean, was just horrible. It wasn't like that. <laughs> and it was kind of like there was some really cheesy moments. But again, you go in kind of expecting that from a, a DC TV show. So it, I wouldn't put it on par with, again, Arrow and Flash, but it wasn't terrible, terrible. And we watched the second episode actually last night. It, and basically that introduced who's got to be Zatanna, they, but he just calls her Zed. And uh, and so they're kind of working that angle there. And there were moments that it was like, again, it's it's a fairly cheesy show and the acting at points is like really bad. But it's not the worst show on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, a lot of the opinions I've heard about it are from more Constantine purists, if you will. Right. They're like, it's, it's a vastly different interpretation of the character. So I said, I, I haven't seen it myself, so I, I can't comment. I will be curious to say, to see what you have to say, because when they say it's not Constantine, it 
kind of is. So I mm-hmm. don't understand where people are having a problem with this. I, and I'm basing that on these Constantines from this current iteration. Right, which which is a, a different interpretation of the character from the previous decades. Okay, how so? Just, he always had more of like, it was always more of like an adult-oriented comic, if you will. Not saying, you know, it was just all, you know, drugs and sex and you know, rock and roll, if you will. But he, he was more edgy. He was he was more of a jerk, you know, and... He, <laughs> He's not a nice guy in this iteration No, I'm saying either. that... He, he, they still try to portray him in more modern interpretations, you know, New 52 and I guess supposedly the series as more of like a heroic character. Just it, it's kind of hard to put my finger on because I don't necessarily agree with, you know, it myself. Like I actually enjoyed these newer comics for what they were like. Yeah, it's a different version of the character, but for what they were, I still enjoyed them. So, like, yeah, I, I love the old Hellblazer stuff like. I really started getting back into it over the past couple of years before it got canceled. And I was really enjoying those comics because they were just, it just had a feeling about it. Like it was kind of like a guilty pleasure, if you will. Like it was, it's really hard to put into words, but it was more mature. Yes. It was sometimes taking that maturity to extremes that other people might not be, be into, but I found it fun. I found it interesting. And it was just, it was something different. Whereas, the modern Constantine, yeah, he's kind of a jerk, but he's not that same guy. Like, it was all about like him doing bad things, if you will, for his own personal gain, and then the stories were just him dealing with the repercussions of them, and things just continually spiraling and spiraling. At no point, I don't want to say at no point, but at few points, was he doing things for a positive good, uh, other than for his own good, if you will. And I'm sure that made no sense. No, it did. It's just, again, having not read those ones, that pretty much describes this here. Mm -hmm. The only difference being that you're telling me that the other one was edgier, more mature than this. I I think that's what a lot of the pushback is. People people don't like that it's been sanitized. Right. And I'm not necessarily on board with that particular justification. I'm... It's still a similar character if it's not the same character. Right. Okay. And it, we just have, kind of have to accept that this is the world we're in now and we can either go on with what we have or continue crying about what's past. Right. So current iteration started off being written by Jeff Lemire and Ray Fox and by issue, what was it, four or five, I believe? Um, I think uh, it was five. issue four. Yeah, oh, four okay. was the last one with Lemire in it as well. From five on, it was just uh, Fox. That was the the... Uh, issue where he stole Shazam's power, <laughs> which I thought was kind of awesome. Actually, the I I don't want to go over uh, obviously the whole current run. I have caught up to date, so I've read them all, including the um, the the Future's End one that just came out as well, where he's battling fate. Um, are have you been keeping up with it now with this iteration? I, I had actually read the first. Uh, like six or eight issues. Uh, and they like said, I, I was enjoying them as well. And then they got into the whole uh, forever evil crossover. And I just completely oh. lost it because, but I, I did pick it up. I still haven't read the, the crossover issues, but I think it was at issue 12 or 13, which was the first one after the, the crossover ended. And I read the last couple issues, which thank you for deciding to talk about it because I'm glad I was able to get back on track and it 
said, it's it's a different interpretation of the character, but it's still an enjoyable comic. Yeah, it it's gone up to eighteen so far. Did it now stop as of that, and now it's renumbered as this future's end because that was a number one, or is it going to continue? The, the future's end was just like a one month. Oh, fuck, I don't know. Just like there was Damn villains it. month and zero month. How they just okay kind of interrupted all of the regular publishing for that one month again. All right. I didn't know if they were going to keep going with that either. It shows you how much I've been following the Future's End as well because I read some of them and did not like them at all. And I read the first issue of the actual Future's End series, and that was more than enough for me. I've been steering well clear of the entire thing since then. And like you're saying, some of the ones in this, this batch of 18 as well were – they did cross over a lot with the Justice League dark stuff and what was going on with the uh, the Trinity and whatnot. It was just it was, it was not those. I did not like those issues at all. the The thing that I have uh, not necessarily a problem with, but it's it's very much a personal preference. And you probably like these more because of all of the magical elements that are that are in this and whether it's the spell or you know different things where it's you know very it's kind of hard to explain but the way the yard is done and how it's written mm-hmm. where it's all you know on a different plane of existence or in his mind or whatever i can see you enjoying that a lot more i didn't mind it per se although some of the issues were really overdone with that like way way overdone and uh and so when you wound up getting these various tie-ins with things it just made it so bloody confusing that it wasn't i mean i powered through all of these just so that i could say i read them all but some of them i wanted to put down so badly because i thought that they were just it was garbage the 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 manner in which it was written was so goddamn confusing that as somebody who hasn't been reading all of those tie-ins or the original series it's like christ i was lost i i I can see that and yeah i i've always enjoyed the supernatural comics within you know the big two dr strange ghost rider that sort of stuff and i can definitely see that yeah some of the magical stuff was not written in a very coherent way like Especially the the spellbinder issue. I'm sure that oh was Oh my god. <laughs> that the 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 central plot line of that issue was okay, but the way it was told and it, it was very disjointed and it was hard to follow. But see, I could say that that's what I feel about the entire overarching story with Mr. E and Sargon and, and what the Tanarak? Tanant, what the hell's his Tamarack, name? Tamarack. Yeah, yeah. Him. That whole thing to me was just a jumbled mess. It just did not feel like these were epic villains in any way, shape, or form. It just it did nothing for me. I wouldn't go so far as to say, yeah, that they came off as epic conceivably, but they were good antagonists for Constantine. Like, yeah, I think they were meant to be a little more impressive than they actually came off on the page. But I, again, I still found them enjoyable villains. Like I really liked Mr. E (laughs) just, just from a character standpoint and and the way he worked off Constantine, especially once he got imprisoned inside the sword. Like there was some, there was some fun stuff in there still. The imprisoned in the sword, for me personally, just came off as fairly hokey. 
And, and the thing to, I, I didn't say it right off the bat, but I did enjoy quite a bit of this. I did. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of things that I did enjoy. I do like his character, although at points he comes off as a caricature of himself. So that's kind of a little ridiculous. But I do, I did enjoy a lot of the different things in the way that they did it. It's just that when you're dealing with, again, these kind of um, magical beings, whether it's the, the villains or, or even the heroes and all that, it's... So much of it comes across just as them boasting about how great they are. But because it's magic, it's not like they can necessarily prove it. So you're left with (laughs) fancy lights on the panels that are drawn in to show just how powerful they are. And you have to rely on them telling you just how powerful they are. As opposed to, you know, other types of villains that'll just punch a hole through a city. And it's like, oh. Okay, I'm not going to mess with you. It's completely different here. So it, it kind of creates this very weird disconnect where you're just listening to people bragging about how awesome they are. Or somebody saying, oh, I don't really want to mess with them because they're so much stronger than me. And it's like, oh, it doesn't really do much for me at that point. I, I have to imagine that for whatever reason, it's a character concept that a lot of comic writers do have trouble with. I mean, when was the last time we saw... A Doctor Strange series. Like, yeah, there's been some good miniseries, some good, you know, solo issues, one shots. But I think that has to be part of the reason why Doctor Strange hasn't had his own ongoing in God, I can't even remember when. Yeah. It's it it's a character that works for a limited amount of time. Yeah. You know, Doctor Strange waves his hands around, says some weird stuff, and suddenly awesome happens. It's great, but once you have to continue breaking it down and explaining to the reader how the stuff works. I, I can see certain writers having trouble with that. Yeah. Which is, again, too bad because I like the character of Constantine. He's a good character that they could have a lot of fun with. It's just too bad that at points it's either um, it's underplayed or it turns into a character. But then there are times when you get the really awesome moments like um just recently the going back in time when he's kind of ripped apart when the two spells are being done at the same time on him mm-hmm. and i don't know about you but holy crap i loved that issue i thought that was freaking awesome like it was a little disjointed because there was the the call back to spellbinder and everything that's been going on with him and whatnot and again with the stupid guy in the sword which i think is a stupid trope but whatever um but as a whole it was just a really fun issue to read. Of course, we fall back on the same kind of cliched thing where, like I was saying, you have him going up against, um, what's his name? Dr. Occult or Mr. Occult or Dr. Occult, which I've never even heard of this dude. I'm sure you must have, but I've never even heard of him. No, I got nothing. Okay, good. I don't feel so bad. But it's again. But the name is so terrible. It sounds like something that's been kicking around DC for for 40 or 50 years. So, and the only way you'd know how strong he is is that, you know, John is telling us just how strong he is and the other one's Mm -hmm. boasting. So it's like, whatever. Pictures of chains doesn't look all that powerful to me. So. But as a whole, I, I, I like what they're doing with the bouncing kind of around in the different uh, planes of his existence as well in parallel universe with the Earth 2 tie-in. So that's that's actually kind of fun stuff that I like. And I, if they did 
more of that kind of stuff with him. I could see that being fun. Yeah, when it works, it really works. Yeah. But when it doesn't, it's it's a little iffy. I can see that. And it's interesting when you're talking about portrayal of magic in comic books and comparing this to the Dresden comics, which I think do get a, give a proper portrayal of you know the the things that other comics struggle with. Yes, there's some exposition at points, but as I said you. You, I, you haven't read it because you're not at a point in the books where you even can read it. But the latest miniseries that just wrapped up, Warcry, you you see just how powerful the characters are on the page without necessarily needing to be told. Yes, like in, in retrospect, he'll comment on it and say, okay, that was impressive. But you don't need the character to tell you that, okay, a mountain appearing in the middle of nowhere is impressive. But he's merely reacting to it and commenting on it. But yeah, it that is a much better portrayal of magic in comic books than we've seen anywhere else in a long time. Mm-hmm. And Dresden is a character that I can personally, from what I've read, doesn't come off as corny like Constantine does periodically. And that's the caliber of the writing, though, in my opinion. Dresden frequently comes off as corny, but it's on purpose. It's his character. It's <laughs> yes. Whatever it is, it's it's always his character. It's not what I mean. It's with, something that never takes itself seriously. Yeah. Anyways. Whereas we've seen with Constantine, it tries to. And I think that's the thing. It needs to stop taking itself so seriously yeah. at points. Yeah, I agree. Did you read uh, Future's End where he no. fights fate? <laughs> no. I would have thought you would have. This would have been if, right if it up has your alley. Future's End in the title, I promise you I haven't read it. <laughs> okay. Well, he, he goes up against fate. It is actually not bad. Typical fashion, I'm beginning to realize there's always a trick with him somewhere, somehow. He's he's just tricking people. And mm-hmm. uh, and that's what that was. So, okay. Anyways, so I'm at a point with this where, yes, I'm enjoying it, but I still don't know that I'd put it in like well it's definitely not in my top 10 it's still good it's still worth reading but there's so many points where there's callbacks as well so even with a rebooted series that's only at 18 already if you're starting at 19 you've missed so much that Mm -hmm. it's going to be very difficult to keep up i mean you pick up some of these issues case in point like that spellbinder one that you're you talked about and if you haven't read anything before that forget it i mean None of it will make sense. I agree. So but you can say that about any number of other comics too. Yes and no. I'm sorry, but I that's where I'm going to disagree because typical superhero fare, I mean, it's not going to take you very long to get caught up, know essentially what's going on and move forward. When you're looking at some of this magic stuff that's going on that is so freaking out from left field that it makes no bloody sense at all, you're that, I'm sorry, but it's going to take you forever to figure this out. I mean, one of these other ones I'm looking at, number 12, I read the other ones and even I was going like, okay, what's going on here again? What, how is this making any sense? What? And then like I, I clued in and figured it out, but it was like, wow. Cause they're calling stuff that happened before even this run. So it doesn't matter that it's number, it started back at number one. They're calling back from stuff that happened in previous versions of this as well. So even though I'd read from one forward, I was still lost with some of this. 
Mm-hmm. So I mean, here's here's how I'm looking at it purely from a DC standpoint. I mean, Flash once uh, Brian Bucoletto and Francis Menopole left that, I stopped reading it because it stopped being good. Uh, Wonder Woman uh, with Azarello and Cliff Chang just wrapping up. I have no interest in reading a Wonder Woman comic that's drawn by David Finch. So that's off my list. I haven't been keeping up with the Justice League stuff. This is probably the only non-Batman-related DC comic that I would continue reading right now. Injustice. Well, the, from their core line. I'm not counting the digital stuff. From the actual New 52 published comics. And that's how I look at it. And from that so point of view... the best of the bad is what you're saying. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's a winning endorsement. Let's see you put that on it's your covers, DC. It's the best Batman comic they're publishing. There you go. Put that on the cover. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to what we're reading. Have you read any of the Death of Wolverine stuff? I read the one you're going to talk about. <laughs> Just because of the cover? <laughs> I, amongst other things, Yes. And the one that we're talking about is Deadpool and Captain America, Death Wolverine, Deadpool. and, and said uh, it's Captain. only a one-shot now. So this here, of course, for people who are not aware, there is that obvious kinship between the three of them. The thing that I actually didn't piece together from that, and I mean, I've read them all, but it's I don't sit down and analyze every little thing to see, but they're all from... Um, government programs the three of them to enhance them so that's the tie that binds them all and of course you have captain america being the one that was successful deadpool that was a complete and utter failure in wolverine that's somewhere in the middle kind of thing what did you think of this issue i loved it 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 had great comedy uh, of course but it also had some really strong character moments between the two of them the silhouette of the flash dance with Wolverine. <laughs> I, I hadn't read that little blur because it was off to the side. I was just looking at the silhouette going, what in the hell is that? <laughs> but no, you're right. Like the, the, the issue was actually really quite good. The writing was fantastic. I actually really kind of dug the art. It was, I, I was surprised at how much I liked this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what we've seen from the Deadpool comic. It, it, I can point it, it, use the same thing I said with Constantine. When it works, it really works. But when it doesn't, yeah, it's it's kind of painful at times. And when you have the story and the comedy both firing on all cylinders and operating at a high level, when it comes together, it, it it's really something special. Yeah. So I'm guessing you did not read Wolverine's Peeps, the latest one? No. So we talked about this um, a while back for the last Wolvie and his peeps. And I was saying, how oh, you know, people really don't seem all that bothered that he's dead. This is more about his uh, relationship with the woman who's writing the book, which that whole thing about the book needing to be written is something that I'm, I'm really kind of having a hard time wrapping my head around that this is a good plot device to use. But that's neither here nor there. So it's it's her in town and she's supposed to be meeting Peter Parker, but she meets up with Spider-Man instead. And this was actually cool because this is where Spider-Man finds out that he's dead. 
she finds out from her. They're whipping around all over and they're talking and then she essentially tells him how Wolverine's dead, so that's how Spider-Man finds out. And then Spider-Man, of course, starts remembering different things about them together. There's a whole bit with Quentin in it that's like, oh, you know, I never had any use for Quentin at all, and it just, just uh, this just goes to reinforce that. And then there's a whole uh, another thing with with Storm at the end. Um, so the issue is really kind of separated, which I hate when that's done. It doesn't have any real flow, and of course they had to use different artists as well for that, jarringly different artists. So. I really haven't been enjoying how like it, the the bits with Spidey were were interesting in this and fun and a completely different take, but uh, I haven't been liking how they've been handling the death in his own freaking well Wolverine in his Peep series. So yeah, you'd think if there's one tie-in comic that should knock it out of the park, it should be that one. Yeah, no. But then know. again, the previous what eight or ten issues weren't all that impressive either. So yeah, I guess we can't really expect much. All new X Men. Number three, 33, mm-hmm. I mean, did you read it? Yes, I did. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really kind of digging what they're doing here. <laughs> so this is, it's not bad enough that you put them in the wrong time. Now it's the wrong place as well. So nothing is going right for these guys. I like that Iceman finally kind of screw yeah. it. I saw what I can do in the future. <laughs> Making all these <laughs> creatures and the stuff with the... Uh, the stuff with uh, X-23 and and uh, Jimmy, meh, whatever. But uh, but the stuff with uh, with Spider-Man. Although the stuff with Beast, too. <laughs> and Victor was kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, Genki and... Uh, of course, Bendis had to find a way to give Genki into the story. <laughs> yeah. I like the little homage to... It's got to be to Ferris Bueller as well with the car, stealing the car. Yes. Even looks similar. Um so I, yeah, this is this is awesome. I'm digging this little story arc. It's it's been a lot of fun. And lastly, why, why? I didn't know what I was getting into. Really? I, I really. You were so impressed by the main series that you figured, let's go check out some tie-ins. I read. Oh, I okay. First of all, I only read half of it. Of revolution, Axis revolutions. And wow, is this ever bad. <laughs> this is Dennis Hopeless wrote the first story, which is a, a Spidey story. And then Simon Spurrier, Simon Spurrier wrote the Doctor Strange one. The Spidey one is nothing but soapbox preaching beginning to end. It is terrible. It is terrible. The art is great. I'll say that. But it is nothing but preaching beginning to end. It's terrible. I can't, I cannot stress this enough. Horrible. The strange one was so much worse than that, that I could only get through several pages before I finally said, nope, nope, not doing any more of this. It was horrible. He makes Strange seem like a petulant teenager that you want to slap upside the head. Like, freaking Red Skull 
slash Xavier is supposed to be filling people with hate. But apparently when it comes to strange, not so much hate as teenage melodramatic angst is what it comes out as. It was like, this is not strange. This is not strange having a really bad day and being angry. This is strange regressed to a point when he was a young teenager that was nothing but piss and vinegar and annoying as all hell. This was terrible. 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 (laughs) I can't stress this enough. This made me want to read DC Comics. What have you got? Well, keeping with the Axis theme, uh, the latest issue of Deadpool, uh, I think it's issue 36, which is the tie-in to Axis, which is basically telling the story of how he ends up teaming up with Magneto and getting to the island. Really enjoyed it. The cover, which is uh, playing into how he helped rescue Iron Man and charge up his armor, it's Iron Man laying there while Deadpool standing there with an iPod cable. <laughs> so already I, I, I'm enjoying it. But it had some good character stuff of him with the X-Men and uh, with the the Korean clone X-Men that are still popping up in the comics and how he's still trying to help them out. And it does a better job of explaining what's going on in Axis than Axis does. Like, where Deadpool flat out says in the last couple pages, like, because the, the last few pages of the comic are where they left off in issue three of Axis with the Avengers and X-Men arguing. He even comes out and says, like, what the hell happened to the X-Men? <laughs> like, obviously something psychic resonance has, is what led to that. And nowhere in Axis was that explained, but in the Deadpool comic, they actually explain, okay, no, there's something actually wrong here. They're not just being asses to each other. How does that happen? <laughs> but it, it, it was fun, and it, they said it's a better issue of Axis than anything of Axis has been. Uh, the latest Injustice. Tom Taylor just needs to straight up write a Harley Quinn comic. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? She is amazing in this series. So much better than the actual Harley that's being published in the New 52. It's, she's just great. She's perfect. She tells off Dr. Fate. Have you read the latest issue? No, actually I haven't. Have you read any of the last couple issues? I've, I, I'm either one or two behind, but I'm not far behind at all. All right. Well, they're operating on Detective Chimp because he got injured yes. in an attack. And Dr. Fate comes in and Harley, who, you know, she's an actual doctor, a psychological doctor, but, you know, she's an actual doctor, (laughs) asks Dr. Fate for help. And he's like, oh, I I don't do that. It's like, well, where'd you go to school? I I didn't go to school. It's just a title. And she basically tells him off, kicks him (laughs) out of the room and says, let the people of us who actually went to college deal. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant stuff. And then. Again, Constantine popping up in there has been fun. His interactions, his interactions with Batman in these couple issues have been perfect, but still great, great fun. The Borderlands Fall of Firestone, the latest issue, gave Claptrap amazing character development. <laughs> oh, my God. I felt so sad for this stupid little robot. This comic has given, like, like I said when I talked about the first issue, this comic has given me a greater appreciation for the games because these characters are brilliant. Are you actually playing completely off topic? Are you playing the new one? No, I'm, I'm waiting for the inevitable uh, Game of the Year edition on PS4. Sale. I'm waiting for the sale as well, yeah. <laughs> okay, go on. 
<laughs> and then finally, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ghostbusters crossover. As we've seen with everything else the Turtles have been in, completely in line with the continuity of the main series. Continuing to expand on it where we're seeing how we've seen, we talked about this uh, with Kitsune and the Rat King, these immortals that are affecting the story. Well, now we see a third coming in and being the main antagonist of this. Perfectly in line with continuity. Picks up and it, it's, it's great. I haven't been reading the Ghostbusters comic. I read the first few issues and enjoyed it, but just kind of lost track of it. Not because I wasn't liking it, but I, I guess it's in line with what they're doing there. And the art is amazing in this issue. So for this crossover, I have really high hopes after reading the first one. Awesome. And that's all I've got this week. All right. So new releases for the week on the Marvel side. We've got Amazing Spider-Man number nine, Avengers and X-Men Axis number four of nine, Death of Wolverine, Life of After Logan number one, Death of Wolverine, The Weapon X program number one. Here's hoping either of those will be better than what we're seeing so far. Rocket Raccoon number five. Dude, I'm going to make you, if you haven't I, read I, them. I've got the ones I've missed queued up. They will be ready. better. <laughs> Spider-Verse Team-Up, number one, which that should be awesome. And Thanos Annual, number one. On the DC side, we've got Batman Eternal, number 31. Gotham Academy, number two. We did like the first one. Injustice, Gods Among Us, year three, issue number three. And Justice League 3000, number 11. Again, another series at 3000. A lot of fun to read. From Boom Studios, we've got Fairy Quest Outcast, number one of two. That's actually a series that is a pairing of... Um, uh, Paul Jenkins and the art is done by Umberto Ramos. So I am really looking forward to reading that. It's kind of a fables take on classic fairy tales and then just kind of playing it off from there. So I'm really, really curious what it's going to be like. I am looking forward to reading that. On the image side, we've got American Legends with number one of five. That's going to be more for more for you, Yanks. <laughs> <laughs> who want to read about David Crockett and all that, but hey, who knows? It'll depend on how it's written. Two number 44, Humans number one, Tooth and Claw number one, and Velvet number eight. So there's a couple of new number ones there. And I put them in because they did sound kind of interesting. That Tooth and Claw is another one that actually sounds um, fairly interesting. It's kind of, they were saying Conan meets Game of Thrones kind of thing. So it might have some some interesting elements in there. And then from Valiant, we've got Eternal, Eternal Warrior Days of Steel, number one of three. So another new series to try out from them as well. I did not know he was getting a new miniseries. Yeah. I liked the last one. So that's going to wrap it up for the week. Make sure to check out the show notes at Comic Book Informer. You can find us on Twitter at CB Informer. And we'll talk to you guys next week. 